everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. Of course, as always, surrounded by my wonderful doctrinaires. Tim Andrews is here. Hello. Jared Yamamoto. Good afternoon. The handsomest producer in all of producery. And I made them extend this show an hour to three hours, from two hours to three hours, so we all would have one extra hour to stare at Jared Yamamoto. (laughs) I'm going to skip you for now. Go to Autumn Fisher. Hello. Who is with us. And then also, English Nick is here. And I just want to say that I would not in any way spend any time taunting English Nick with the Icelandic soccer team's chant. I'm not that kind of person. I would not taunt English Nick with the crazy announcer who was so happy that Iceland beat England on this July 4th weekend when I taught an Englishman by reminding him that his team from England a big country that's been around for over a thousand years lost to Iceland listen to this guy this is passion English Nick Now, no, that man was not just stabbed in the heart. (laughs) He was excited that his team beat England. And uh, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. He's he's welcome to the EU, let me tell you. He can stay there. I almost wonder if in England more people are talking about losing (laughs) to Iceland than actually leaving the EU and the Brexit. I wonder which one is actually more on top of minds of the average person in England. I always go to the brew house in Little Five Points because that's where all the Brits go to watch the games. Right? Yes. And I've never... I bet it got quiet. It got real quiet 10 minutes before that game was over. But there were jokes flying around about, well, we're leaving for the second time now. <laughs> Sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. <laughs> you know nothing about sports, Autumn, so be quiet, okay? Oh, he's taking it out. He's taking And Jared it over here, Jared over here oh. decided Oh. the next morning to send me that audio and say, hey man, sorry about the loss, but this is great audio. No, it's What's not great audio. It was a great soccer game. It this really was. Angry well, uh, Nick. That's his new name. Angry Nick. Angry Nick is angry about the football. So uh, <laughs> I've never wanted France to win a game so badly. So today, for people who don't follow this, so Iceland has something like, I don't know what their population <laughs> is, less than 200,000 or something. Uh, what I do know is this. I saw this stat on ESPN before I came in today. That is, that, so Iceland in the next round here, they're going to play France. This afternoon, yeah, the last quarterfinal. In Paris, and they're, they're hosting this whole thing. Yep. The, what's it called, the UEFA? <laughs> UEFA. UEFA? European Cup Finals. Queen of Soul, UEFA, I believe, <laughs> still. <laughs> Always great. So I found, so this uh, stadium that they're holding this particular soccer match in, you could fit 25% of the entire population of Iceland inside of the stadium. So, English Nick, like I say, being an American on July 4th weekend, I would not kick a Brit when he's down and make you listen to this guy. All I can think of was the Bjork song. Which one? It's oh so quiet. Hey, up to now, 
the biggest export Iceland ever had. Yeah. I mean, hey, I know most Americans don't care, but man, the story of Iceland and the story of the Welsh team, the Welsh team haven't been there since 1958. And they're into the semifinals. They have an amazing, amazing team. So. Well, look, it's not England. And it by the way, England. hasn't England been uh, underperforming for 40 years or something? So uh, 19, really. <laughs> 1966, when we beat Germany in the World Cup, that was the last huge thing for England. So all my life, I've been like, yeah. I don't expect... You don't expect much. I always, I always go sur- leave surprised if they win. Even yeah. though you didn't expect much, you still didn't expect this. So England or the Buffalo Bills of European soccer. Let's not go too far. Let's not be too hard. <laughs> okay. hey, if you, listen, if you listen to our show every week, you know that we don't start with soccer talk. We start with this. Headlines of the week. Everybody relax. We're back to being a WSB talk radio show. Jared? Fill me in on the headlines of the week. Yeah, Eric, it's been a really bad week for terrorism. We had three really bad attacks. One in Istanbul in where the airport was bombed, essentially. Then we had the horrific hostage situation in Bangladesh. And now two car bombs have gone off in Baghdad's shopping uh, shopping districts areas. And uh, right now they're saying there are 126 dead and hundreds are wounded. So here's the thing. I, I almost tire of this every week with the same message. But it seems that most people are not getting my message, so I have to get it out there again. This is not going to stop until somebody stops it. This is not going to stop until a nation or an alliance of nations get together, get serious, and stop trying to contain the problem. The Von Hessler Doctrine on this one, this is a problem that cannot be contained. In fact, containment, as you know it from the past, would still mean Orlando, San Bernardino, uh, Bangladesh, uh, as far as the eye can see. Uh, We have a decision to make, not only in this country, but in the Western world. And this is an important one. You've heard it before, but you've got to stop down and really think about this. We have this decision to make. Have we decided this is the new normal? If it's the new normal, terrorist situations in our minds are like earthquakes or tornadoes. They happen. People die. There's not a very good chance it'll be you, and I hope it's not me next time. But we understand that these things happen, and then we rebuild afterward. We have to make a decision. If it's the new normal, then it's the new normal. The Von Hessler doctrine is it shouldn't be the new normal. We have to go back to the old normal, which is this is completely unacceptable. I won't go on and on and on about this because I've said it several times. I am sick and tired of my leaders, Republican, Democrat, otherwise, informing me that this is going to be generational warfare. When you say this is going to be generational warfare, By the way, followed up by saying that we're going to lose. America loses generational wars. Americans cannot even get their minds around the idea that we're in a war now that our grandchildren are supposed to mop up for us. This is not something Americans understand. When you say this is a generational war, you are doing their PR for them. What they want is a generational war. Yes, it's true. Their culture is set up for a generational war. But that the problem for them should be that they picked a fight with a culture that is not set up for generational warfare. We need a Western, an American response to their request for generational warfare. Because even if we're winning most of the time, this last week, with Istanbul and Bangladesh, and now this in, uh, in, in, uh, in Baghdad, this is what even winning a generational war looks like a lot of the time. 
Americans fight wars that last four years or less successfully. Let's look at history. America fights wars that are successful for America that are four years or less. They are requesting a generational war. They need to get an American response, which is, sorry, can't accommodate your generational war. What we have in mind is absolute and complete decimation of ISIS, of Al-Qaeda, of Boko Haram, bunch of different names, the same problem. Let's stop separating them. Radical jihadist. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what Obama calls it. I don't care what Trump calls it. Call it chicken dinner. I don't care what you call it. But we have to eradicate it. If we don't eradicate it, then we're stuck in this generational war. And here's the Von Hessler doctrine, all right? Not a good message on, July, on the July 4th weekend. America loses generational wars. Look into it. America loses wars that last more than five years, go into the sixth year. We are not built for it. Now, a lot of people, experts listening to this will go, well, this guy just doesn't understand the way that it's done. That's the way they fight. No, but they, the, the, the response needs to be American. We cannot accommodate your generational war. Therefore, we have to eradicate you. Now, does it have to be America exclusively? Hopefully not. But the Western world needs to understand that if this is not World War III, it is World War II-A. It's the second part. This is a war that is happening on the world stage and primarily anti-Western nation. Therefore, we need to get together and have a strategy to wipe it out. And as I said on Friday, when we were filling in for Eric Erickson, I don't care about your arguments that something else will pop up. Then we have to knock that down too. If it's whack-a-mole, we need to put our suits on and get into the whack-a-mole business and be damn good at it. You don't decide who your enemy is. You don't decide that the enemy is inconvenient. And I know we're war-weary. I've gone through that a million times. I understand that. But I, let me finish it up by saying this again. This will not stop until some entity on the planet stops it. Wake up. They're not going to get up tomorrow and go, you know, job well done. We made our point. This will not stop until some entity stops it. Jared Yamamoto is raising his hand furiously over there. Yeah, but I mean, with the frequency of all these attacks that are happening, Eric, I mean, we're, the American public is becoming desensitized to it. So how do you make the American we don't public have to, more aware of We don't of have the, to worry about that because they are going to make sure that we can't get desensitized to it. You think they're happy? What are we desensitized to? Uh, people showing up with, a, with some explosives and some bullets? Well, they're not going to stop there. The technology is not going to stop there. They have not done their worst work yet. I, I hate saying this on the July 4th weekend, and hopefully we'll have a lot more happy stuff to talk about than this. They're not done. Let me tell you what I know. The terrorists have not handed us our worst day. Can you believe that? So many years after 9-11? Let me tell you what Von Hessler knows. The terrorists have not handed us our worst day. We will become, we will get over the desensitized part because they're not done with their plans. I'm tired of having to say it. We have to get together and have a worldwide Western strategy to wipe this out. Let's get on with it already. All right, more headlines when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Entertaining honesty. 
That's me. Eric Von Hessler. <laughs> so there's honesty and you're entertaining it. I'm doing both, man. Ah, okay. That's why some people refer to this as the greatest radio show in the history of radio. I've heard that. I didn't say that. I'm saying others have. I don't even know that I agree with it, but the entertaining honesty must have something to do with it for those who believe in it. Tim is here. Jared is here. That was English Nick. Autumn Fisher is here. We're doing headlines of the week. Jared Yamamoto smacked me with another one. Sure. Yesterday, Hillary Clinton met with the FBI for three and a half hours as part of the investigation into that pesky email server. I gotta tell you, you know, I'm, I'm not usually a cynical person, but I just feel like the fix is in here. What are the odds after Obama has come out and endorsed her that the FBI, the, his Justice it's very Department, weird. I just don't see it happening. Uh, but uh, Hillary, exactly. You, you, exactly. Hillary, you, exactly. Under- what are the odds? You know what? The, you know, I could tell you the odds for becoming the first female president of the United States. What are those odds? The odds are good, I'll tell you that. What did you tell the FBI? I can't disclose what I told them, (laughs) Eric, but of course I said, look, these emails... Just leave me alone, or I'm just going to be the president. Just let me be the first female president. So uh, ridiculous. So uh, Jared, somebody was telling me that right after it was over, you went to see the show Hamilton on Broadway. Oh, I almost missed my date night with Bill. <laughs> no, you didn't, you know, baby. Him- I waited in line for six hours to get out of there. I know. Everyone, give Bill a little pat on the back. He did have to stand in line for many hours. Bill, get Bill a napkin. He's, he's kind of like he's dribbling. Uh, you one of those guys. Uh, uh, you got a little, uh, little moisture there coming off your lip. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. So, so uh, I'm with her uh, and her and her and her and her. <laughs> You're with them. All of them. I'm with them. So, uh... While she was at the FBI, you know, <laughs> you, you're, you're being questioned by the FBI. You've got Bill down in line for six, seven, eight hours to get Hamilton tickets. That's right. And, you know, it didn't seem very patriotic of the FBI to make me miss my best friend's 4th of July barbecue. Who's your best friend? <laughs> well, she's a woman I've known for a long time. Yeah. She's a black lady. Oh, okay. Oh. You know, because I, you know, I'm... I know. I'm open. You're they got great ribs at that party. Oh, now, come on, Bill. What? Girl, you know it. <laughs> so you how- know, they, they cook that fat back meat with the collard yeah, greens. You got the vote. You I got, got the vote. Hot sauce in my purse. Stop pandering. You got the vote. You got the vote. <laughs> Her husband, Xerxes, makes the best jerk sauce. <laughs> oh, you know it, baby. Please don't say those two words together, Bill Clinton, ever again. I don't ever want to hear those two words from Bill Clinton. While you're drooling, I simply don't want to hear it anymore. So I have to ask the couple, how was the show Hamilton? I hear it's wonderful. Oh, it was fabulous. You know, poor Bill, he didn't understand a lot what was going on, but, you know, visually, I think he really enjoyed it. Did you? Uh, They didn't look like any of the founding fathers, but they sure had it on message. I liked it. Uh, You're a big uh, rap fan there, uh, Bill Clinton? Oh, you know it. I'm down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. I'm really getting in the trap right now. So uh, so you feel good after the FBI uh, questioning. You don't think they got you on anything? No problem. I mean, we talked a lot about some emails that I sent to my daughter yeah. about her wedding dress mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. fitting schedules and things like that. And then I was out of there. Very Zip good. swish. Off Just like I will be in the White House. Just Taking care of business. Is that your, is TCB that, all day, 24-7. And, you know, I'm going to change it from 24-7 to 25-8 because that's how hard I'm going to work as the first female president of the United States. Did you just say zip swish? Zip 
Swish. That's good. That's, <laughs> I'm going to find my marijuana stash I left in the Oval Office. <laughs> no, he, not, he just misspoke. Just wipe his mouth there does for that, me. Does, does that stuff ever go bad? No, oh, man. Okay, right. You want some? Seal, tight, airtight container. It's fine. But shh, shh, shh. All right. That Autumn Fisher right there. She's going to have a segment called WTF when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Aside from all the great stories you'll find in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll also get... $250 in coupon savings. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Let's say, uh, before we get to WTF, by the way, I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are the doctrinaires, Tim, Jared, English Nick, Autumn Fisher, who's about to hit us with uh, a WTF segment in just a moment. uh, By the way, happy 240th birthday for America. Uh, Time for me to remind you that America is... You know, just barely an adolescent at this point. You know, compare it to England. How long has England been around, English Nick? Thousands of years. Thousands, but I mean, it really goes back to 1066 for the England that we know. Yeah, United Kingdom, 1707, I believe. Yeah, but I mean, the the the, the Norman Conquest, yes. the Anglo-Saxons, the English that we know. Come on, England! Come on, England! That's about a thousand years, <laughs> yeah. right? 1066. So, uh, we have to remember that uh, when we look at our country and think, wow, we're yelling and we're screaming... We're at the point right now in our age where you go crazy over a boy band. You know, maybe you're a little bit older than that. (laughs) Going through our teenage years. So we're a little Uh. melodramatic these days going after each other. But understand that we're still growing. And America, to be serious now, I think people forget this. And the Von Hessler Doctrine is here to remind you, whether you're on the left the right, the hard left, the hard right, whether you're happy with the president, you're disappointed with the president, happy or disappointed with the country, the thing that you have to understand is that America is an experiment. America is never a resolved thing. America is never done. And if you are unhappy with where your country is right now, then just get more engaged, get more involved, and become part of this experiment. What is the experiment? The crazy concept that people have the ability to govern themselves. Now, I know when you look at Washington, D.C., sometimes you wonder if that experiment could ever actually get played out. But it's an important experiment. It's important that America succeed. It's important that America be number one in the world. Why? Not just out of chauvinism or some kind of crazy thing like that. It's important. Yeah, that's offensive. Hold on just a moment, millennial. Melanie, the millennial <laughs> blogger. It's, 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 it's important because if... A country that governs itself, that the people who govern themselves aren't better or special on the world stage, what that means for the future is when other countries are making their choice between kings and queens, dictatorships, and letting the people rule, well, if there's no difference, if all countries like millennials want us to believe now are all essentially the same... Well, guess what? That's an evil idea, young 25-year-old brunching right now. That's an evil idea. Because what you're saying is you're condemning future generations to dictatorships. Because if there's nothing special about the people governing themselves, then there's no reason to do it. If, if having a king or a queen or a dictator or some kind of socialist oligarchy or something like that is just as good, 
That's why it's important that America be number one, so that in the future, when other countries are choosing systems, they'll go, hey, the people can govern themselves. So think about that with your next mimosa, young millennial, while we okay, do this. hold on. What the? What the? Okay. What the? Seriously. What the? Wait, okay. WTF okay, like, with Autumn wait. Fisher. Hey, okay. I'm sorry, Melanie. She sounds awesome, but like, hold on a second. Hey guys, so I just wanted to say that I just think it's wrong to be like, we should be better and that like other countries are like not doing it right. Like, and that we are doing it right and that we're better and they're worse or whoever's better. Like, why? Because like, that's like shaming them and saying that we're better than, and that's just not right. Like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be able to like govern ourselves. I think that's like awesome. But like, I just don't think it's cool that you should say like, well, they're doing it wrong. Well, Melanie, you make a great argument, as always. Uh, Thanks, but let me guys. just say this. When you millennials look at other countries and social, you know, socialism's pretty good. This is Bernie Sanders. Somebody named me the socialist country that produced a Steve, a Steve Jobs. Well, somebody named me the socialist country that no, produced a Steve Jobs. No, they can't because that's because, uniquely like, American. It's not important. It's oh. like. Yeah, it's just not important. Like, yeah, we made a Steve Jobs. Big deal. That doesn't mean that, like, somebody else who's, like, more spiritually inclined is not, like, the spiritual version of of Steve Jobs. It's just, like, not popular. Do you know what I mean? Melanie, you are exhausting me. I want your alter ego, Autumn Fisher. And in order to to conjure her up, I'm going to replay the imager right now. (laughs) Like, Bewitch style, this will conjure up Autumn Fisher. If it what the what the what the seriously what the WTF with Autumn Fisher? Hey, that's me, you guys. Hi. Sorry, Autumn. That m- millennial wouldn't shut up. I know. I had to kick her out of here. Stepping all over your WTF imager. All right, give me a WTF story. Yeah, this is a good uh, transition, actually, because the uh, U.S. Census Bureau has confirmed that many millennials are not adults yet because they haven't hit uh, certain <laughs> adult milestones. And what are those milestones that they have not hit? Not <laughs> pretty funny. Not living with their parents. <laughs> Meaning they are living with their parents. You're kind of going back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thing. The milestone is moving out. And they have. And not- a, a lot of millennials have not moved out of their parents' houses. Yeah. So I said, I'm, I've got the story up now. Uh, Bureau released new data this week that show that 30 year olds now have not done things that their counterparts did in 1975. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, more of them live at home. I'm going to say this might be a little uh, uh, counterintuitive when it comes to the von Hessler doctrine, but I don't. This is, I have a 31-year-old and I have an 18-year-old. My th- and they're both doing quite well. And my 31-year-old is doing great. Actually, works for this company, but have nothing to do with the, with the radio side of it, the, uh, the IT side of things. And everything is great on that front. But he moved back home several times in his 20s. It never bothered me because he was always working. To me, that's the standard. You know, if your kid's coming home and they're just kind of sitting around, that's one thing. But every time my kid came back home, he had one or two jobs, was saving money, had a plan, knew where he wanted to go, knew what he wanted to be. So I think that it's a little bit too much to say that they should never come home. Look, I think home is the place Hi. that you always should feel comfortable in. But if you're coming home and you're just kind of sitting around and you still want mom to make dinner all the time, but you're not willing to do the dishes, then, then there's a problem. Mom, where's my laundry? <laughs> Don't get it on my My Little Pony bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and if your son is a brony, you've got other problems. 
brony millennials. Sendra. But also, Go yeah, ahead. some other ones are uh, 57% now are married compared to 89% in the 70s. Now, Good. Again, let me be counterintuitive here again because I always go after millennials. One of the biggest, uh, I would say, critiques of me is that I can't seem to do a show without going after millennials, mm-hmm. which is, you know, somewhat true. But again, uh, when you look at the divorce rate over the last 30 or 40 years, which is essentially 50% of... Uh, uh, so. An awful lot of people, if you look at that, obviously were getting married when they shouldn't get married. Uh, marriage is an awesome thing. It's a sacred thing. I've been married. I've been almost 30 years. And that's it's a great thing when it's the right thing. I think the problem with marriage is that too many people do it because of the calendar. The calendar should never tell you when to get married. That's so what I find... True. That's now, not true. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know why you would take offense to that. I'm not even talking about you. I'm just saying that I'm saying that too many people... We'll date and date and date, and then, and I, I'm saying this from the point of view of guys, uh, okay. all of a sudden you'll be 32 years old. I know a lot of people this happens to, and they just marry the person they happen to be dating because they're 32. And so, you know what? It's time to get married. And in, in reality, if you hadn't gotten married, that would have been a six-month to a year-and-a-half relationship, and both parties would have moved on. And marriage, listen, the way marriage should work is it really should feel bigger than the both of you. Meaning, even if I wanted to get out of this, I couldn't emotionally. I am, this is, I'm in. There's no doubts. If you're walking down the aisle and there's still a doubt, turn around and walk out. (laughs) Because this is a lifelong commitment and it's not something you want to learn on the fly. And if you're a woman, that thing that you think marriage is going to change in him, it's not. He's still, that's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I've still got my fingers crossed, Eric. Yes, Come on. Well, Autumn here has been married for, I don't know, six years, five years, six years. Things are going mostly okay. <laughs> oh, oh, hesitation. Yeah, they're great. Hesitation. <laughs> but so I, what I'm saying is I'm not so sure that not getting married, that the fact that more people don't get married when they're 23, I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. I don't know that most people know what you want at 23. You're talking about a lifetime decision. I don't think it has to be at 23, but I mean, there's other evidence too of, I mean, you even talked about your son not wanting to get a, not being uh, interested in getting a driver's license. Right. Millennials are, When I was, when I was turning 15, I was on my birthday there to get my learners and 16 birthday uh, driving, like get me out 18 years old. I'm out. Now, let me say this about my son. You put him on the spot there. He's uh, just out of high school. He has a five day a week uh, job and he drives himself there. But yeah, you're right. When he was 16, he didn't have the passion for getting a license that people from my generation did. But, you know, in the world of Uber and everything, it's a different world. It's not. Yeah, you don't need when to. Things, it's, it's when not. things are different, they're wrong. That's okay, all. is that how you feel? <laughs> yes. Autumn Fisher says, when things are different, they're wrong. So how about that on this July 4th weekend? I think I've surprised anybody who's used to this show by yeah. actually saying, not such a bad thing with the millennials. Good. I'll tell you something yes. about the home. The home, I tell my kids, never lie in this, you know, like... The home needs to be a place, the, the nuclear family home where you grew up and you're moving away from. That needs to always be a place. And, and, and parents need to be aware of this and keep it this kind of place. It always needs to be a place where you feel comfortable. The world, it will tear you to pieces. And there needs to be one doorway you can walk through, sit down, and be comfortable. And I think if you're parents, you need to have a home like that. And if you're, uh, if you're children, I think that you need to understand, don't lie in here. You know what I mean? Don't don't break this up. Don't don't pit 
people in here against other people. That's stuff for the real world out there beyond the door. It's important in life that there be a place where you go and you do walk through that door and feel comfortable for your whole life. That's how I feel about my home. And again, as long as as long as my kids want to work, they can come home anytime they want to. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of enjoy it. It doesn't bother me so much. My parents held a wedding for, or, uh, in the backyard for me and my anime pillow. <laughs> oh, look, you want to marry your pillow? I did marry my pillow. You, you <laughs> pillow. You're weird, dude. <laughs> dude hey, you just, don't call him weird. That's, that's bullying. Cool. That's dude. not cool. Don't shame me. Don't shame He's me. looking at me yeah, funny, Eric. Him. We still don't know which bathroom the pillow is supposed to go into, but we'll work that out. We'll work that out over time. The pillow is gender fluid. (laughs) Please, don't say fluid and pillow in the same sentence. (laughs) What's going on with those words? Happy 240th, America. You have shows like this. Was it worth it? I don't know. (laughs) All right, more WTF when we return. Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. We all need a lover that doesn't drive us crazy. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Tim's here. Jared's here. English Nick is here. And Autumn is in the middle of her very own segment, which we call WTF. It's not the most original name for a segment, but you get the idea. So give me another WTF story, Autumn. All right. Uh, Roseanne Barr has accused another Hollywood comic of being a sex offender, quote, just like Cosby. Now, Bill Cosby, by the way, if he had died uh, 15 years ago, there would be statues of him (laughs) all over the country. So he outlived his uh, goodness, apparently. And so he's been knocked. By the way, Bill Cosby, finding out that he was basically uh, drugging and raping women since the 70s or late 60s, that was when I decided. That's when I just said, okay, you know, that's one too many. I'm done believing anybody's good. I'm done believing the PR of any celebrity about anything at any time. Because if Bill Cosby turned out to be a serial rapist over all of these years, Bill Cosby was not only really funny and really creative, but he was a real moralizer. I mean, for 40 years, this guy told us what was good and what was bad. Pull up your pants, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then when he so when he went down, I just said, okay, you know what? I don't believe the PR for anyone so it wouldn't surprise me if Roseanne is correct although she's a little wackadoodle herself so uh, who is she pointing the finger at here at Louis CK oh no again again okay but I hold on wait 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 wait. let's let's not get ahead of the story here but let me just say this I'm not a big fan of stand-up comedy I just when I go to comedy clubs it's just dark there's one white light I get I get disembodied it freaks me out. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a big. There's a fan. lot of pressure to laugh. Yeah, I just don't. You know, if they're not funny, then you're just sitting there quietly judging them. And they're always, you know, like, hey, you know, guess what I just thought of? You didn't just think of this. You've been saying it in 25 cities. Don't give me, hey, you know, oh Atlanta, boy, you guys really don't know how to drive, just like every other city you go to. So I don't, I don't buy the whole concept. Although there are great stand-up comedians, and Louis C.K. is maybe one of three or four guys that I would put money down, mm-hmm. buy a ticket. And actually go see this guy because I consider him to be a comic genius. And now you're telling me there's some sort of evidence that he's a Bill Cosby. We don't have a lot of time, so let's yeah. let's, let's defend him later. Tell me what the charges are. Uh, that he exposes himself and 
uh, does some other things with women in the room. And so these are comedians. Do we use that term yes. anymore, comedian? Yeah, I did it to me one time when I was on a show, and he came out and he takes pants Roseanne, please. No, I'm running for president again. I'm a pineapple farm in Hawaii. <laughs> so this is really bringing me down. I feel like we're not going to have enough time to really go through this here. We might have to roll this over into the beginning of the next segment but, so that I can oh, understand sure. it more. So sure. they're saying that basically when he's hanging out with female comics, that he acts in a lewd way. Now, nobody's saying that, they, that he actually drugged them and no. raped them, a la Bill Cosby, I hope. No, 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 and I, there's a lot more to the story that. Yeah. All right, we got let's, more. Let's talk about the we got more headlines coming up, but we'll finish up this story when we return. Eric von Hessler on WSB, live from Sherwood Forest. Hour two of the von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric von Hessler. Surrounded by my doctrinaires, there's Tim Andrews, there's Jared Yamamoto, there's English Nick, Autumn Fisher is with us. Before we finish up that last story, before the break, we have to do a little bit of house cleaning here, let people know what's going on. First of all, this show, we're on every Sunday at noon, we go to 3 o'clock, that's the Von Hessler Doctrine. We are on tomorrow morning, July 4th. From 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., special episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We will also be filling in on Wednesday of this week for the Herman Cain Show from 9 to noon. All of that aside, if you like what you're hearing, and if you don't, you need to go see a psychiatrist. That's just my opinion. You can get a lot more of it. This is what you have to do. WSB Radio app. You have to download the WSB Radio app. And then right there on the first splash page is Von Hessler Doctrine. You go there. We do three podcasts per week that are only available on the WSB Radio app. And this show and all of our fill-in shows also become podcasts. So once you get that WSB Radio app downloaded, you, you're, you're one finger touch, fingertip touch away from everything that Eric Von Hessler is doing these days. So make sure you do that. Now, before we get on to more headlines, we want to finish up with that WTF story. So you were saying that Roseanne Barr is pointing the finger at Louis C.K. and saying that he is almost as bad as Bill Cosby and is basically harassing female comedians on the road. Is this the story? Right. Yeah, that's the story. So sort of the background is that there are some female comedians, and in particular Jen Kirkman on her podcast, who spoke about a famous male comedian doing these sort of lewd acts and how yeah. uh, they didn't say who it was, but it says like people in the know know that this person, Louis C.K., uh, does this kind of thing. So the the incident that was that I noticed in there in that story was that uh, he he invites a couple of female comedians after the show back to his room. They offer him marijuana. He he declines that, but says, "But I'd like to take my pants off in front of you." Uh, they thought he was joking and right. said, "Oh yeah, go ahead." But then he did it. They got uncomfortable, and supposedly when they're trying to leave the hotel room, he gets in front of the door with his pants still down around his ankles. And mm. we all don't know whether to believe this is true, but why wouldn't you believe it's true? I mean, I, you know, I, look, I, after Bill Cosby, I, yeah. I don't, I just don't buy the PR on anybody. I think Louis C.K. is a comedic genius, but uh, I've been. Too many times in the past, I've said, this guy's really good. I don't believe these charges. And they end up being true. I feel like if it weren't uh, Roseanne Barr 
And if it weren't Jen Kirkman saying it, then mm-hmm. maybe I would you know, believe it a little bit more. Because even though I enjoy both Roseanne Barr and Jen Kirkman, I, I don't know Jen who Kirkman Jen is a little Kirk- nutty. I don't know who Jen Kirkman is. I have no idea. I've never heard of this comedian. She's 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 a, she a little nutty. Okay. okay, she's like a crazy. She's like um one of those women who is a typical like actress. You know, like yeah. very dramatic and a little weird. But what I'm saying is, but, but would she make this up? No, but That's she's not saying it's Louie. She's not saying it's Louie. Others are saying right. it's Louie. Well, we'll yes. know. Look, we'll know soon enough yeah, we'll because know. he's going to want to clear his name if it's well, not Well, he did him. say something in a uh, New York Magazine article. He uh, responded to the question by saying, I don't care about that. That's nothing to me. That's not real. Oh, so. boy. That doesn't sound like innocence. Hit the next imager, please, <laughs> sir. It's time for more headlines. More headlines. Told you. I wouldn't lie to you, folks. That's what I'm here for. Jared Yamamoto. From one bag of awkward to another, Donald Trump is turning to his family, sports figures, and business leaders to fill speaking slots at the RNC, Eric. Because he can't get... uh, Nobody wants to talk to him, not talk for him. Okay, we can understand why Mitt Romney's not going to be there. He's let himself know. He he doesn't... Ted Cruz isn't going to do anything either. Ted Cruz is not going to do anything. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Rice. (laughs) (laughs) Do we love Ray Rice? We love him. So, so uh, these politicians, I heard, I was surprised, Kasich's not going to be there? It's no, in he's Ohio. Not. He's the governor. He's the sitting popular Republican governor of the state of Ohio. Don't and, like him. Sorry, can't be there. So you're, are you just busy? You just can't be there? No, we, see, we planned the whole week to go to uh, the Great Lakes. <laughs> so we're going to go up to Erie and everything. Then we're going to Thousand Islands up there near Watertown. <laughs> so, so we understand Romney's not going to be there. Here's the last guy. McCain was the last guy before Romney. He's not going to be there because Donald Trump's fans have let him know that he's no longer a war hero in the eyes of Republicans, uh, so uh, and none of the Bushes are going to be there. So he's having trouble finding people to actually speak. No one that was in the I, I, I'm gathering in the that, that lost to him. Ben Carson, maybe Ben Carson will speak for him. Yeah, Ben, ben will speak for him. I'm sure Chris Christie will speak for him. Newt when Gingrich. Ben Carson speaks, what I like is he does warn people. It's BYOP. Bring your own pillow. That's right. Carson's going to light it up, man. This convention <laughs> is going to be the birth of a new type of democracy in this country. That's okay. Great. Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he needs Clint Eastwood. I wouldn't have said this about anyone else. <laughs> but he needs some kind of crazy. Now, I, so his thing is, okay, so his family's going to speak. Who cares? Who wants to hear from his family? I mean, I don't know. Have you wife, heard Ivanka speak to? I mean, yeah, she's I mean, not. Well, no, I mean, she's well, okay. let's not get all xenophobic. She English is her second language, there, Jared. But, okay, uh, fair enough. Hey, she reminds me of uh, the Gabor sisters. I can handle it. I can. Yes, uh, Donald. All the way here from North Korea, Kim Jong Un, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kim. This guy does he get things done? Does he know what he's doing? He does know what he's doing, right? He gets things done. So I heard. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, Mike Ditka is supporting him. Then they yes. put the word out for Mike Ditka. They said, "You come up. And Mike Ditka's like, "Yeah, I'm supporting him." But have you ever seen Mike Ditka speak at no. a convention before? I'm not a convention speaking guy. So uh, <laughs> look, Mike Ditka took a 1985 Chicago Bears all the way, almost undefeated. Not quite defeated, almost undefeated. And then uh, so that so he's going to have this one night called Success or something. Where he wants to have the sports people on, and I heard Herschel Walker's among those. Herschel too. Walker uh, is a is a fan of Trump, and I guess he can get him to speak. Uh, I heard he was floating the name Serena Williams. I don't 
think that Serena Williams would go to Cleveland and speak for Donald Trump? Do we love him? <laughs> <laughs> we love him. <laughs> he's not Mexican. No, he's not. Serena's no. not a... Well, sort of. It ends in an A. Maybe he's Italian. <laughs> I'm surprised Caitlin's not going to be there for the Donald Trump. Caitlin is a, is a Republican. Yeah. And perhaps hey, that would be a big... Biggest thing since the ESPY speech. Do I get an award? <laughs> no, sir. You know, we just want you to give us your Donald Trump pitch. People. <laughs> when I decided that to be who I really am, I thought it's time for America to be who they really are. Good, good line. In America, yeah. it's time for you to come out and support the real leader, Donald Trump. Thank you, Bruce. I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, we're learning the new, we're, look, we're learning the new pronouns. We're learning the new names. It's going to take a while. We're not used to this. It's beautiful, though. But it's, it's very beautiful. <laughs> so this, you know, I don't know, uh, like last week, Donald Trump has get, gets polls nationally are still okay. He's like within a few points. Then you go to some of these, uh, some of these battleground states. Things aren't looking so good. A couple of them he's looking all right in. Florida's getting crushed. We don't need him. You don't need Florida. Don't need Florida. That's America's. You know what? Okay. Listen, we're going to get California. We're going to get New York. We're going to get Pennsylvania. All right. If you if you say so. This is the time. If the Libertarian Party could ever get their act together, this is the time because all they what they need to do is you get, they've got to get into the debates. How do you get into the debates? You got to have fifteen percent over three or four polls. That lasts for a, a little while. I'm not exactly sure the, the trend has to continue. The trend has to continue where you're at 15%. There's something, they, they go between like 9 and 11% now, which is still pretty good. Uh, Gary Johnson, William Weld, two former governors. What they, but they're still not doing enough. This Gary Johnson needs to be on CNN, Fox, and MSNBC every single day trying to pump that number into the 15%. Because if there was any year, where something weird could happen, <laughs> it would be this year, but it can't happen unless they get into the the debate. We had that commercial. They, they put out a pretty good commercial. Uh, I don't know if we'll hear all of it. Let me hear some of it. I'm Governor Gary Johnson. I'm Governor Bill Weld. I'm running for president. I'm running with him. As the governor of New Mexico, I vetoed wasteful spending 750 times, cut taxes 14 times, and left the state with new highways, bridges, schools, hospitals, and a billion-dollar surplus without raising taxes a penny. As governor of Massachusetts, I cut taxes 21 times and took unemployment from the highest rate among the 11 industrialized states to the lowest. Okay, that's enough. I'm going to hear the whole thing, but they have to spend money on the station to get the whole thing out there. But the, the point being that... These are guys who are both reelected. They're both Republican governors of uh, one of the bluest state, one a very blue state, and uh, so the competence is there. There's a reason to have them out there, uh, but I don't even know if the libertarians can't get their message out this time around. They simply never will. But you got guys like George Will who have left the Republican Party because of Donald Trump. And let me just say on the Von Hessler doctrine, I don't want to upset anybody. But uh, I, I've, I've had it up to here with the, with the Trumpists who say, well, then you're just looking for Hillary to get elected. No, 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 rank and file. It's on you. You're supposed to nominate somebody I can vote for. It's not on me. You can't nominate whoever you want and then hold that like a sword of Damocles over my head. That's not proper. It's on you, rank and file. I am a guy who only votes Libertarian or Republican. I never vote Democrat. So you've nominated a guy this time around. You had me through uh, the, two, the two Bush, the last four cycles. 
I voted Republican. This time around, I've decided that I'm not going to vote Republican. But uh, no, no, no. Sorry, you got this, this one wrong. If Hillary becomes president, it's not on me. It's on you. Again, let me explain how this works. Your job is to nominate somebody I can vote for. You don't get to nominate anybody you want to and then bully me into it with, uh, hey, do you know what's going to happen with the Supreme Court if she gets on there? I say, yeah, I know, and I'm worried about it. And you let me down because you didn't nominate somebody that I could vote for against it. Send your cards and letters to Pete Spriggs, care of WSB Radio. All right, more headlines when we return. Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. It's me, and that's Tim, and that's Jared, and that's uh, English Nick, and that's Autumn. We're going to add 19 new cast members next week. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you score along at home with us. Special guest star (laughs) on tonight's show, Louis C.K. So, uh, before we go on to more headlines, let me just say, because... I mentioned that I'm somebody who only votes Libertarian or Republican. I don't vote Democrat because, quite frankly, when the Democrats talk, this is all I hear. Uh, it's Eric's fault. Really, that's all I hear. It's, it's Eric and people like Eric. All the problems in the country, uh, it's that guy's fault. You hey, know? check your privilege, sir. Exactly. You know, waking up at 3.30 in the morning for years and years and years, working his behind off, making money. It's all Eric's fault. So I don't, I don't vote for the Democrats. My vote is always between Libertarians and Republicans. And I, since we went to the break last time, I might have stunned some people by saying that I'm just not going to vote for Donald Trump. I've said it before. I'll be open-minded. If he becomes president, and uh, he's a good one, I'll vote to reelect him. But I can't take that leap of faith. And I feel like people need to know why. It has nothing to do with the hyperbole that surrounds Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with uh, the reason that people protest Donald Trump. I have really good reasons that I'm not voting for Donald Trump. One of them is that in one of the debates, he did not know what the nuclear triad was. Do I expect my waitress to know what the nuclear triad is? Maybe not. But I expect anybody who's running for president to know what the nuclear triad is. Here's the deal, folks. The nuclear triad is not complicated. It's simply land. Land, sea, and air. Those are the three places that we can launch nukes from. He didn't know what that was. And so for that reason, I can't vote for a guy who didn't know what that was. Also, in another debate, he started talking about TPP, this uh, Trans-Pacific deal uh, that's going to be kind of like NAFTA, but with Asian countries. And he uh, said in that debate that it was another thing rigged for China. So what he didn't know was, now you could be for or against the TPP based on the merits of the TPP. The Trans-Pacific Partnership. What he didn't realize was that the whole reason that the TPP was put together was in order to try to check the power of China, to create uh, a trading block in Asia that didn't include China and would try to keep China from becoming the hegemon in that area. Now, I'm not saying that you should like TPP for that reason. I'm not even coming down on TPP here. I'm one way or the other. What I'm saying is, when you vote for a man to be president of the United States, if he's got something to say about a trade uh, situation that's going on, he ought to know what the hell he's talking about. And the fact is, he thought that China was part of TPP, and he's the same man who a couple debates earlier didn't know what the nuclear triad was. See what I just did? I gave you good reasons for not voting for Donald Trump that I never said the word Mexico, xenophobia, or anything along those lines. These are actual real reasons not to vote for somebody. Sir. Look, look, I'd like to just say, 
Yes. If you would permit me to say. Yes. I have no problem with trans people from the Pacific <laughs> having a partnership. <laughs> trans people all over the world can use my bathroom. They can line up in any of my hotels. Well, look, okay, okay. well, you got a lot of time to convince people. Fair it's not enough. over yet. Do we have time for another headline? Yeah. I don't even know that we do. Very quickly, toss Re- it up there. For the first time ever, Eric, students at Georgia's colleges and universities will be allowed to legally carry stun guns. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm the thing about stun guns on campus is they're a really great idea for the reasons you need them to be a great idea, and they're a really awful idea for all the reasons we can think of, mostly having to do with young people and alcohol. Uh, I mean, these these are what I would call the prank years, and uh, I, this is probably not going to. There's going to be an incident or two. Oh yeah. But I do like the idea that some 21 year old girl who's walking home late at night. And some idiot tries to uh, molest her or assault her in some way. I like the idea that she can defend herself. So, all in all, the Von Hessler Doctrine says it's a good idea. But there will be pranks. There is going to be some trouble. Be a lot of viral videos. Young people and alcohol (laughs) don't mix, and they don't know it. And that's the problem. Creating one day an outrage that we'll talk about. There are already always outrages to talk about. That's why we're going to do Outrage Corner with English Nick when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You'll find an expose about the potential problems with parking at the new Brave Stadium, plus $250 in coupon savings. That's why we say if it's Sunday... It's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Tim is here. Jared is here. Autumn Fisher is here. And uh, there's always outrage in this world. That's why it's time for English Nick and this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. How about that little setup? I love it. English Nick, aside from the fact that you're still bruised, that your behind is still dragging because Iceland beat your beloved England <laughs> in football. It's very fitting that that would happen this weekend, that you had a chance to yes. put the knife in and I twist it a bit more. On July 4th weekend, why would I... <laughs> why would I beat a Brit when he's down? I'm not going to do that. I've had a couple of uh, Americans this week say that the Independence Day... It's yeah. kind of similar to Brexit. Well, look at that. You may, uh, in 200, really. 240 years, you may be celebrating... <laughs> The old Brexit. But I know it's been a tough week for you, and that was outrageous. But the outrages that we all care about. What's going on? Okay, we're going to Boston first. Uh, Al Gore's daughter among 23 arrested in Boston Pipeline protests. She was so outraged, she went out there and put herself on the uh, work site. <laughs> uh, this is a pipeline for a natural gas thing. Yeah, it's Spectra Energy's West Rocks, Rock, easy for me to say, West Roxbury Lateral Pipeline. So uh, she actually laid down in the ditch that's been... <laughs> she's on the gravel, she's yeah. on the gravel there. And, uh, yeah, because I'm sure that, uh, boy, if this pipeline goes through, I'm sure it's just the end of the planet, right? Well, I mean, they're worried about safety and climate change, Oh, Eric. yeah, the whole climate change thing. I mean, first of all, uh, Al Gore, are you proud of your daughter? I'm sure you are. I'm very proud of my daughter. <laughs> and, and by the way, yes, nobody wants to pay affordable premiums for electricity. You want them through the roof, right? They should be through the roof here. I mean, how are we ever going to stop being dependent on foreign oil unless we drill in our... Wait a minute. 
This uh, yeah. <laughs> You're being tripped up by your own logic, Al Gore. Anything that comes from the earth is terrible for the earth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's uh, synthetic. It's not right. It's not organic. It's not organic it's gas that's been trapped in rocks for millions of years. <laughs> How dare we try to exploit the things that our planet needs? You know, this climate change argument has really gotten to the point where it, 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 you can't believe anything on either side now. Both sides are so invested in what they think that they don't we need to if it was possible to just flush the climate change just all the way down the toilet and say total reset here we're going to start with the first debate on climate change and try to introduce facts from both sides because if you're on one side you're staying on that side if you're on another side you're staying on that side but one thing i do know and this is takes me off in a little bit of a different direction but they're fighting i think the bernie people are fighting to get into the convention platform for the democrats this idea that companies can be sued and, uh, and, and, and also investigated by the federal government if they deny climate change. So energy companies and companies like this are trying to make it like the tobacco companies. Here's the difference. The connection between cigarettes and cancer was pretty clear very early on. As a matter of fact, that's why in the 60s they started warning about it on the sides of, of cigarettes. To act like this climate change, that if you believe in climate change, that's something akin to 2 plus 2 equals 4 fact, is really absurd. And I can't believe that leftist would be behind this. Because let me tell you the Von Hessler doctrine on this one. This is an absolute truth. If you are for this, you are for criminalizing people who disagree with you in debate. That's what you're for. Don't look at the mirror and fool yourself and think that you're not looking at a person who's for that. Because climate change and climate change science is not 2 plus 2 equals 4 fact. This is something people are arguing about. Let me tell you something that I, do, that I know. You don't know what's going to happen in 100 years. No one knows with the climate and therefore the weather. Climate and weather are not exactly the same thing. With the climate and weather, no one knows exactly what's going to happen in 100 years. In order to put a person in jail or put them out of business, you had better be able to know exactly what's going to happen on this date with the weather 100 years from now. And you cannot tell me that's true. So if you are on the left and you are in favor of putting this into the platform that the government can go after companies who, in your words, deny climate change, change know who you are you are somebody who is for criminalizing people who disagree with you when it comes to political debate there's my outrage your outrage got me outraged so give me another outrage that's the way it works eric all right there's been a lot of outrage over the uh, the new ghostbusters remake Ugh. and uh ivan reitman he's a producer on this one he directed yeah. the original he is saying he thinks it's more about a outrage with reboots more than it should be about the women in the So movie. he's actually trying to... Definitely. He, so he's taking the wind out. He's trying to, I don't know, somehow make this more peaceful. Because an awful lot of people are saying that the only reason there's a backlash is because there's women. And, you know, women only make 70 cents for... Blah, 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 blah. He said it's not a chick flick. <laughs> right. But my point is, he's trying to push back mm-hmm. at the people who are saying that this is just about... Like, if you made a, if you made a, a new Ghostbusters and it was... Four guys, nobody would care. And he's right. It really probably is about reboots. Let me tell you something about this movie, though. It had better be damn good. (laughs) Because one thing they can't say is that the studio didn't get behind this. I mean, everything has Ghostbusters commercials. 
Except for Ghostbusters. I've seen NBA players who are, have Ghostbuster outfits on. I've seen, uh, is it Progressive Insurance? Uh, oh, their yeah. main people. I've seen about three and a half seconds of actual footage from the movie, although I can't get away from commercials about footage from the movie. I'll tell you why that is, because the trailers don't test well, and on YouTube, the negatives and the downvotes out outweigh oh, yeah. the upvotes. But didn't they find out that was kind of a campaign? That was sort of that was that was sort of rigged by the people who one. didn't like the idea, for right? The first one, but the second one, same thing. People don't Is like it the same response though for like Independence Day two? Yeah, well, it, that one just flopped. That bombed. And I have a feeling that this right, movie... Right, but there wasn't as much outrage about it, you know? I have a feeling that this Ghostbusters movie is going to do semi-well, but it's also going to be, in the long run, a bomb and a bad idea. Yeah. I think it's a bad idea, just because why? Sometimes and you have to look sexist, at... sexist, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to look at reboots. You know, the reason that they used to do uh, a... This isn't even really... Well, I guess there's a reboot because they're women. Uh, the reason that they would redo movies... In the old days, there was a reason for it. You know, a movie would come out, be a great movie in 1937. It would play in, in America for about a month or six weeks or eight weeks if it was more popular, maybe three months. And there was no video. There wasn't even TV yet. There's, if you didn't see the movie in 1937, and now it's 1955. Yeah, it's gone. Hey, yeah, let's gone. make the movie again. <laughs> People like it the first time around. We can put it in color this time, and That's we'll right. have the start. I remember those days. You remember those days, um, huh? Mrs. That's Freshly right, is with know. us. When when you went to go see the to the cinema, you paid about a nickel. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got a bag of popcorn, and you watched several movies, and then that was it. You didn't get to see those movies again. Right. So if it was a good one, 20 years later, you make it again, right? Nobody's seen it. That's right, and you just tell your grandkids about the old movies, <laughs> or they think, you know, nowadays you can just pop in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but you can watch it in April. Yeah, that's a wholly different... And <laughs> this, this is fresh, Steve. So this you, this oh, I have a question for you. Yes, yes, go ahead. Did yes, you, did uh, you yes young to, man. Did you used to smuggle your, your butter bars into the movie theater because <laughs> the bars there were too expensive? Oh, my goodness, you know... I used to purchase a, a, a different kind of candy bar at the movie cinema every once in a while when I would find a penny on the ground. <laughs> and I noticed the way that they tasted wasn't as as uh, rich and flavorful or fresh as what I felt like I could make in my own kitchen. So you were inspired to make the Mrs. Freshly Buddy Bar. I was inspired by my best friend, Deborah. She was my buddy. <laughs> little Debbie. She was your buddy. <laughs> well, little, she ended up, you know, we, we parted ways at some point. She started Little Debbie. She started her own little company. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it but happens. That's all right. It's a friendly competition. Quite often, partnerships end ugly. Believe me, I know. So, this is Freshly. It's good to, uh, <laughs> good to actually hear from you. Now, uh, so now listen, I just want to say happy 4th of July to mm-hmm. you boys, and I love y'all very much. Well, you're fantastic. So, my point is and happy 240th to you it's actually your birthday <laughs> my so. goodness it, it comes around every year <laughs> so <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here oh yeah so now my point is this if your kids are seven years old now 
you can still get excited about the original Ghostbusters. You just It's not difficult to find. It's not difficult to watch. And kids will get into it just as much as kids today get into the original Star Wars just as much. You don't have to remake it. So I think that the backlash does have more to do with that. Is there some misogyny in there? Hey, it's the internet. So there are going to be some jerks in there. That's just the way that it is. But overall, I just don't see any reason to remake Ghostbusters. That's just me. Give me another outrage if All you right, would. Talking to the internet, a U.S. man was charged in relation to one of the biggest celebrity hacks ever. Celebgate, where he got the nude photos of the celebrities online and then said, uh, look, pay me or I'm going to, you know, release all of these photographs. Well, uh, my understanding is that this guy hacked it, but he wasn't the person who had ah, people. Right. So somebody got it. And uh, so this was the one. Who, who were the people? Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she was in there. Uh, Kate Upton. Kate Upton. Mm. And let me tell you something. Uh, first of all, guys like this. You know, they need to be held responsible. They need to go to jail. All of that. I'm smirking. Jared Yamamoto is smirking over there. <laughs> <laughs> because let me just say this. Let me, let me praise Jennifer Lawrence, who, by the way, I think is a wonderful actress. Maybe the best actress around right now. I really, I really do believe that. But she has the best PR people. Because they came about as close to scrubbing the Internet as you can get. You can't scrub the Internet. No. But they got pretty close with I, I'm not I'm not saying I ever saw these pictures because I don't I'm not going to say that I did but I heard that they were pretty pretty rough and there's still you you have to kind of be good at it I would say or go to the places on the internet that Tim Andrews well lives. it's so easy to replicate them right that's the thing but what I'm saying is given that okay maybe I saw them given that. They did a hell of a job making it difficult to find on the internet because I thought, uh oh, this is it. These are just gonna. And now you're looking at me like, no. no Even as didn't. I say that, I, I guess this wasn't a company laptop. I I could probably pull them up to, in one search. To, they, they make you go like too deep, right? I mean, you have to. It's not going to be available in Google. Might be on like page three in Google Images. Page three is total death on the internet. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you can get stuff, if page you can three. get embarrassing stuff put to page three on the internet. You're doing about as good as you can. It's not like the page three I grew up with. Yeah. No. <laughs> the Sun newspaper. Let me Actually, tell you. it was a little bit like that. A little bit like it. All you right. You can find it. She's great. I hope she's never humiliated again. But, uh, hey, those pictures automatically go up to the iCloud if you don't stop them. Celebrities, understand how this works. All right. More outrage when we return. Welcome back. Oh, I hate this song, Mark. Can I tell you that I hate this song? I hate this song. Let me tell you something. It's a horrible song to play on this weekend. I hate this song. I can yeah. guarantee that that band, Green Day, they have like 10 albums ready to go because of what's going on in the political cycle right <laughs> oh, now. I guarantee yeah. it. So, you know what? Let me say this to you. What's his name? Billy Joe? Billy Joe Armstrong. Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Chattahoochee. All nice and sober now after his outburst <laughs> at that... Uh, iHeart Media thing, oh, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. What, what is he outraged about? Well, oh, he, hey, Billy Joe, can I just say, <laughs> Billy Joe, we're all so sorry that we're letting you down. I mean, you're so damn smart, so much smarter than the rest of us. And for the rest of America to act in a way that you don't like and you find idiotic, there are nights I don't sleep knowing that I am letting Billy Joe of Green Day down. We are all so very, very sorry. And here's a way to never be an American. 
American idiot. Get on a plane and leave the country that afforded you the ability to be a multimillionaire with not a great band, not a band that belongs in the Hall of Fame, a good band. I'll give you that, Billy Joe. You've been let down by the country that allowed you to become a multimillionaire by having a, eh, a decent band. Yes, Mr. English. We were talking about Billy Joe, not Billy Joel, Billy just for Joel the record. Billy Joel a great American. Yes. <laughs> who I will always defend. No, he got outraged because he was doing a show for this big radio station thing, and the thing came up that said you got one minute, and they oh. were halfway through the song. He's like, one minute, I got your one blah, 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 yeah, minute, and he's yeah. freaked out, and then the next day, they're like, you got to go to rehab, man. Yeah, what is he, like 44? I'm still angry. I hate these guys. Grow up. <laughs> it's the way that he oh. sings. It's, the, it's, it's that thing. He yeah. sings like this. The fake British accent. Yeah, it's quite obvious you don't want to be an American anything because yeah, it. English singers, like the Beatles, don't sound English when they sing. Elton John doesn't sound English when they sing. Idiots like Except this. Ringo. Idiots, idiots like, like this. Ringo. Idiots like this <laughs> actually sound. They they sound English when they sing. That's how you know that they're not fake. That mm-hmm. they're not real. I don't know. This guy I don't want to be an American idiot. Oh, what are you? What do you want to be? I just Can- want to move to Canada. It's mm, not that far away. I'm sure that they'll have you. <laughs> Maybe I'll move there and leave this place. I was getting at there is anger and rebellion looks great in your 20s. On the other side of 32, you look like an idiot. You're not an American idiot, Billy Joel. You're just an idiot. Not to mention the guy liner. Oh, I know. I'll be an American poofter. Hater. Does that does anybody know what that means in America? <laughs> Send your cards and letters to program director Pete Spriggs, care of WSB Radio. All right, we have even more headlines. Can you believe that? When we return. News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. Surrounded on this weekend celebrating the 240th birthday of this great country. Surrounded by my doctrinaires. Tim Andrews, Jared Yamamoto, English Nick, Autumn Fisher. All here for your delight. And I have a very controversial kind of thing to say. So I'm not going to say it yet. Because I don't Uh, know if I can say it just right. No, it's one of those things where I know that I'm not being disrespectful. But I don't know if I'm talented enough to actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get my ideas across in such a way that people would understand that I'm not being disrespectful. So I'm going to hold off on it for right now. We're going to do this. Even more headlines. That's right. Even more headlines. Jared Yamamoto, rock my world. Sure. Security has been beefed up around Metro Atlanta for the various fireworks shows and holiday events tomorrow. So obviously we have the Peachtree Road race. Right. Uh, obviously, the whole city is excited that from 7 to 10 a.m., uh, the Von Hessler Doctrine will actually be on WSB. So as you're on your way to the Peachtree Road Race or things that you're doing, tune us in. We're going to have a good time. Right? Did you beat up Scott Slade to get that slot? I mean, wow. Uh, Scott, has a t- Scott barely takes days off. No, I don't. Listen, Scott and I get along. When it comes to fist fights, I've only had a fist fight with one person on the staff, and it's <laughs> happened three times, and that man is Clark Howard. But uh, everyone else... He's Every, a he's a fighter, that Clark Howard. He's man. a fighter. You say yeah. he's you, scrappy. You say one thing about the Tesla, and next thing you know, <laughs> and it, here's the thing about Clark Howard. 
He fights like guys used to fight in like 1905. You know how they yeah, stand there? Yeah, he like with put up, puts up his dukes. He puts his dukes up in 1905. Fisticuffs. Put it up here. Dukes, Eric. Let me just say this. <laughs> yes, let me just say this. Clark Howard may start the fight with me, but I end it. Mm. I think what? he, uh, well, he had a little dent in that Tesla. So Clark is the only one I've had a fist fight with <clears> since <throat> being here. Everyone else I get along with quite well. And so we're replacing Atlanta's Morning News tomorrow, which is quite an honor. And so we will be here July 4th. Obviously, security-wise, Peachtree Road Race, I'm thinking, is going to be absolutely you know, that's, most I mean, important. That's the most run, I think, 10K in the country, right? Yeah, and, you know, we've had... Is that the right ver- ver- verbatim? No, there? no, whatever you said there made no sense. But we're all smart <laughs> They're enough. the most... <laughs> it has the most runners out of any 10K in the U.S. And, there we go. Uh, Got it out. They're uh, expecting, like, 60,000 people to come watch it along sure. the way. Wow. So that's the, you know... Let me tell you something about the Peachtree Road Race. Boy, do I admire people I know who uh, mm-hmm. get involved in that. Because here's one thing I know about me... I would die. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would die. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just that simple. If I tried to run uh, from Lenox Mall to Piedmont Park, I would die. There's just, just no getting around, or a long stay in the hospital where it would take, you know, to hydrate me again would take forever. So, although I do understand, some people walk it. I could walk it in a couple of days. I could, <laughs> uh, some people run and then stop running, and I get that. But I, I have friends who, you know, I can't tell them that, you know, you're not in the greatest shape in the world. And they choose the hottest day of the year to go run from Lenox to Piedmont. And I just don't know that's the smartest thing in the world. I had a friend this week who was looking for a number. He didn't have a number yet. And so I had another friend who works here who had a spare number. So I hooked them up. But now I'm thinking, my friend who wanted the number, he is not in the best shape. He may not have. And if something happens tomorrow, it's going to be on me. Well, it's on you. (laughs) Because I got him the number. I don't understand running for running's sake. I have to tell you that in my mind, when I'm running, someone is after me. Probably with a knife in their hand or a gun or something. Like, to me, the idea of running is, I'm scared. I'm getting out of here. To me, the idea of, oh, yeah, we're going to have some fun tomorrow. We're going to run from Lennox Mall to Piedmont Park. I just simply have not lived my life in such a way that I could do that. Now, look, all the admiration in the world, because I feel terrible at the end. I'll be watching Channel 2 tomorrow night, and I'll see like the 85-year-old guy running. Oh, my goodness. All the respect in the world to you, but you just made me feel even worse about myself. You know, my mom is running it. Your mom is running it. Your mom's in pretty good shape, I would say. Yeah. Now, does she run the whole thing, or does she stop and walk for a while and keep on? I think she's, she stops and walks, but I think that yeah. she's uh, she's in a training group to run the yeah. road race. It's probably good for most people. I just, there's something I know about myself, and that is, I would die. So, there's no security measure you could put in place. To make me secure. This is, I love it. I'm not talking it down. And I admire Once the you burn who all do those it. carbs and calories, you can drink, you can do everything you want to right after that race. It's like an incentive yeah, do to do thing, that. Trying do to get across to you, Jared. The- Hold on. I'm trying to get across to you, Jared. There would be no end of that race for me. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even make it to Cardiac Hill. It was just like, it would, no, it was flat ground. He was just running on flat ground and he dropped. I've known you what for almost was- 20 years, Eric. I've never seen you run anywhere. Because in the last 20 years, anywhere. I haven't run anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, Autumn? Yes, you were trying to I was going to say, you should, you should get that little, you know, the stick with the string with an IPA in front of it and just run towards that. Like a That's a good idea. 
<laughs> oh, have a beer waiting for you. Yeah. But here's the yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. Just in front of you. That like would a work carrot, if I course. if I couldn't just go to the nearest store and buy my own IPA. Yeah, I, you just I, give up. You're like, ugh, I'm just gonna pull over at this bar. That's like when I see people who are like, yeah, for my kids, uh, we we're uh, we got an ice cream maker and we're making our own ice cream. Why? Well, that's fun. It's available everywhere. I have friends. Oh, I'm brewing my own beer. You can get beer from Europe. At 7-Eleven now. You don't even have to go to specialty stores. Why are you making subpar beer in your own house? It's family well, bonding. The, uh, the beer thing is a little bit different than the ice cream. Like, if you are if you look on the uh, ingredients of ice cream, it's a little nuts if you just want to make it yourself and yeah. have three ingredients. Has you know? anyone ever made their own ice cream and thought, this is better than Briar's? <laughs> Me. Come on. You yeah, gotta be come on. Me. I have. It's great. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Ridiculous. Oh, for and how much, how much time do you put into it? I go down to the store. I Way buy a much. thing. Buy a thing. I get home. I got ice cream. Hey, kids. But then it feels better when you've made it yourself and it's taken time to do it and you're proud. Does it? Hey, kids, we're going to have ice cream. <laughs> no. We're going to have ice cream in five days. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> get get churning. Daddy, yep. Daddy, couldn't we have ice cream in 12 minutes? My oh. arm hurts. <laughs> keep, keep churning, kid. Ow. <laughs> keep churning. Right. My daughter right now, my two-year-old's making our butter right now. <laughs> churning away. It's like That's slavery. Right. It's horrible. And another thing, I talked about this on Friday. I'm pointing it at you, Jared. I talked about this on Friday. Again, with July 4th, with the fireworks. And my, we have to go through this thing in my neighborhood because it's a small neighborhood. And 80% of the people want fireworks, but there's 20% who have those skittish dogs. I wish there was a place that you could just take your skittish dogs on New Year's Eve and on July 4th. Because the rest of us want to have some fun. We want a, we want a light show. It's harmless fun. But there's always 20% of the neighborhood who hate the rest of us, and that just like takes it as like, hey, it's legal now. Back in the old days, maybe it was like quasi, like maybe they shouldn't be doing this. But I'm on firm legal standing on the state of Georgia now. It's okay for me to have a little fireworks show in the middle of the cul-de-sac, but I know I'm going to have these people. You're hurting my animals. And why is it? What is it about dogs? My cats don't care. My, my dog has PTSD. That's what it seems like all dogs do. I mean, sensitive my, hearing though, right? My cat. Well, yeah. so, no, no, just take a buy him a thunder shirt or whatever those things. There are called, you those go. Oh, yeah. vests and call buy, it a day. Buy him a thunder shirt and allow the human beings. This is how it works. We're above pets. Does anybody realize this? The people. Oh who no, actually, my dog is like my child. Yes, because and, I and like your child, and like your because child, I don't have children. That's why, like your child or the child that you would have if you were going to have children, your dog has never paid taxes. We, the people, <laughs> pay taxes, and we have the right to enjoy a fireworks show for a couple of now. If people are being jerks and they're lighting off fire stuff at fireworks at two in the morning, call the cops. Fine. Why? It's like it's it's this time that's almost really fun every year, except I know there's like a few people in the neighborhood are just like daggers. You know, they just hate us because of their stupid, skittish dogs. Do do what I do. Just keep the dogs inside, shut all the doors and windows, turn the television up really loud. Yeah. And they don't hear the fireworks. And you're a pet lover. There you You, go. You're a lover. That's how I take care of it. He has dogs that are rescued from war zones and all (laughs) kinds of it. That's the kind of person English Nick is. And you agree that the human beings that want to have fun 
overrule the pets. It's How only we, two days a year, too. It's two days a year. And like I say, if people are being jerks at other times, then fine. And also, does the Thunder shirt work? I don't know. I just like the name. I want to have a Thunder shirt just so I could tell people that I'm wearing my Thunder shirt tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thunder. Alright, hit me with another uh, headline. I don't know how I'm going to pivot here, but can the Rio Olympics really get any worse? Uh, Brazilian police say a dismembered foot and another unidentified body part were discovered near the Olympic site. This is a disaster. What is going on down What's there? What's going on is they chose Rio over Chicago. Now, Chicago may have a couple neighborhoods you don't want to go near, but I'm guessing about now the United States hosting these Olympics. These are the ones we lost out. Remember when Obama yeah. got on a plane after he was elected? Hello. To, <laughs> hey. I want the Olympics. No. Nope. All right. Bye. <laughs> they, gave, they, gave, <laughs> gave you a Nobel Prize, but they didn't give you the Olympics. I'd rather have the Olympics. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is the, you know they, they they choose Rio because they're so anti-American. The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is so anti-American that they just. We're going to give it to Rio. Rio, just not ready even at the time, but now their economy is completely in a shambles. They are in the process of impeaching their president, and uh, I'm sure the drug war criminality is everywhere. Some labor issues, too. Let's not forget. It sounds like the perfect time to bring the world there. (laughs) And and here's one more reason, and let me me quote the great Herman Cain when I say Zika. (laughs) The Zika virus is there. Zika. And, uh, you know... This I've said this before. This is like the beginning of a Michael Crichton novel, okay? <laughs> You've got this deadly thing that only exists on one part of the planet. So the rest of the planet decides, let's hold a worldwide party there. People will come from all over the world, spend some time in this one hot spot that has this disease, and then everybody three weeks later will all go home to all other parts of the planet. Is that not chapter one of the Michael Crichton novel that was never written? This is just coming down the line, too, right here. Organized labor groups across Brazil have begun a series of strikes and other protests for higher pay and demand better working conditions. Right. This is coming right now, right down the pipe from the L.A. Times. So now the trash won't even... It'll be like some sort of garbage strike will be going on. And there's... The, the water is polluted. The, I've said this before. The Von Hessler Doctrine is, do them next summer. Don't take them away from Rio, but just say, you know what? We're going to have back-to-back Olympic years. Summer Olympics to Winter Olympics. Do them in 2017. We'll give you a year to get your act together. Beginning of a Michael Crichton novel. Don't we see what's going on here? The Stephen King novels start with one guy coughing. (laughs) Before you know it, the whole planet's dead. Severed feet everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll do a couple more headlines, I guess, whether I like it or not, when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. By the way, I love this song, but it's another anti-American song. People hear the word America and they think it's it's an anti-American song. It's a Canadian group, the Guess Who, and they're basically saying, Hey, American woman, get away from me. I'm not buying your line. People don't realize it's it's an anti-American song. But unlike the Green Day anti-American song, this is at least a really good song. So I'm going to let it fly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Have I said that? I'm Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are with me. We're doing uh, even more headlines. And we had a little confab during the commercial break. Mm -hmm. And I was saying a few minutes ago that there's something very controversial I want to say. Like It shouldn't be controversial. What I'm worried about is 
people are it's impossible for people to take not take it the wrong way tread carefully or and so I was explaining it to everybody in the room and basically we came to the idea that I just should keep my mouth shut <laughs> so here on the 240th birthday of liberty and independence I'm going to think better and just keep because I want to say is I really am I think that this is a really great person just say it how do you let me ask you this how do you t- say I think this is a really great person but I don't think that this person's as great as people say that that person is. Like, I'll give you an example. Like I often tell people about uh, filmmakers. I'm really into movies. So Martin Scorsese. Awesome. I, I, he is awesome. But he, my line on him is, the most overrated great director of all time. So I'm not saying he's not a great director. But as great as he is, he somehow has managed to be overrated. And that's how I'm feeling about this other person. But I just don't. I'll, I'll, I'll sit on it for a little while longer. Because Fonzie told me to. I will sit on it for a little yeah. while longer and <laughs> see if I can, in a cogent way, mm. get my point across about this person who was a great person, but somehow, through political correctness over the last few days, they've managed to turn this person into something that this person wasn't. And uh, that's as far as I'll go with that. Do we have any time for another headline? We sure do. The city of Atlanta says... See, what I'm saying is that I'm smarter than everybody, and they wouldn't be able to keep up. Right? I'm being an elitist. Sure. Like, no one would be able to understand what I'm trying to say. They would just seize on the fact that Eric's saying that this person isn't great. And believe me, if I said that right now, it would be trouble. This person is very great. Very great. Very great. (laughs) So Donald do it maybe a little bit later. So, you know, this is what I'm going to say. No, I'm not even going to say that. All right, go ahead. Hit me with a yeah. headline. All right, real quick. The city of Atlanta says it has addressed all of the concerns raised about the infamous Atlanta streetcar. Oh, oh, it's because the state was threatening to shut it down. Yeah, right? yeah. They, they, they hit their so deadline they, by a day. They haven't fixed anything. It wasn't a deadline to fix anything. It was a deadline to turn the paperwork in. Exactly. I'm glad we hear that music. Because whenever I hear about the streetcar in Atlanta, I just want to say this. Nobody needs one. You were saying, weren't you out on Edgewood last yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, I was out on Edgewood, and uh, there were thousands of people out there. I was surprised that, that they stopped running at 1 o'clock. Yeah, no, no streetcar. Yeah, so you're like, uh, when you really need it. It wasn't there. All right. We could avoid it no longer. My misanthrope buddy from New York City, Greg Russ, will join us when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find a great expose about the potential problems with parking at the new Brave Stadium. Plus, don't forget this, plus $250 in coupon savings. That's just one of the reasons we say if it's Sunday... It's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. I've still decided not to say my controversial comments. I'm not going to go there. But we are unfortunately going to have to go here. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. Hey, Gregory, how are you? You want me to bring the controversial uh, comments? I can do that. No, 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 no. That's all right. No, why? You, 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 mm-hmm. You've sussed out what it is just by my talking around it, right? I, I'm not going to bring anything right. up. Hold I on. Like- Hold on one second. Now, Greg, I, I came to you a little too soon because I wanted to do something. So I need you to sit there for one moment because there was an I, – we have this open mic 
WSB. The WSB radio app, everybody should download it. You can get everything that we are doing on the Von Hessler Doctrine there. We do three podcasts a week, only available there. And uh, we have this show, and all the fill-ins all, all go there. So that's one reason to do it. But there's an open mic. So if you're in bad traffic, you can open mic and tell people where you are. If you're listening to shows and you disagree or agree with the with the host on, on air, you call in and give your opinion. It's called the the open mic. What I noticed is having nothing to do with whether you agree or disagree with this, whether you're on the left or you're on the right, there's always a few drunk people a week that, uh, that, that call in the open mic. So on Sundays now, I would like to choose my favorite drunk from open mic during the week, and I believe we found one. So uh, can you hit that? Yeah, I live in Shambly. Uh, uh, the common denominator, that's what you need to think about. Watch, watch everything that happens. The common denominator. Mm. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> and people keep glossing over that. And that's going to continue to be a problem as long as you keep acting like it ain't there. So, <laughs> some great late night open mics. <laughs> I'm the denominator. My problem, my, my, the, the worry there is that most of these drunk open mics come in between 2 and 4 in the morning and I'm just hoping they're not on the roadways I really hope these are people who are at home listening to their radios and they call in I sometimes feel like maybe it's not the truth but so look for that every Sunday now yet another element to the greatest radio show in the history of radio this one right here that you're listening to every Sunday we will search out the drunkest open mic contributor of the week. <laughs> now, back to you, Gregory, and don't hit me with anything I don't know. Hit me with a story from Studio B1, please. Well, my favorite actor, Johnny Depp, uh, love his work. He's a very talented man. Yes. Uh, he's his tattoo on his, his knuckles. It used to say slim. It's been changed to scum amid his divorce. Now, he's divorcing Amber Heard, and she's saying that uh, he beat her which is kind of weird for everyone else who's ever gone out with this guy, like this guy as an actor or not. Everyone else he's ever been married to or just been out with, have been to them, they don't see this. They don't see that, that uh, he could have possibly have been uh, violent during their marriage. So he, so the, if you believe the depth side of the story, there was no prenup, and she needs to kind of bully him into uh, giving her money to make her go away. That's, that's his point of view, right? Basically. Yes, that's, that's his point of view. And also, he has a history of changing tattoos. He was with Winona Ryder for a while, and then when they... So he had tattooed on his bicep Winona forever, and then after they broke up in 1992, they broke up, and he changed that to Wino forever. <laughs> you know what? This makes me laugh, because yeah, he has more than one. This is the, like the third time that he's had to change his tattoos, and people don't seem to understand that tattoos are forever. And then you have to go back and, you know, rewrite things. This is, you know, this hits me at home because my father, growing up, <laughs> you know the story, English think I think. My father, as I was a kid growing up, now, first of all, my father left my family by the time I was 12, so there was only 12 years of this. But he had a tattoo on his right arm, and it said Donna. It was like a heart, and it said Donna. And my mom's name was Bonnie. <laughs> so as a kid, I had to grow up knowing that there was some woman out there named Donna who he didn't he didn't have another tattoo that said Bonnie. You know, he, it wasn't as if he said, oh, well, or Bonnie forever. So 
If you're going to get tattoos, look, I'm very anti-tattoo, except for girls to have a little teeny adorable thing somewhere. That's all right. But I'm very anti-tattoo all the way around. But if you're going to be stupid enough to, you know, mess up your skin like this, don't make statements that are very much about today. Because chances are they will not apply tomorrow, but they will still be on your skin Tomorrow, yes. It, it would have been kind of easy for your dad to change Donna to Bonnie. He chose not to. There's a no. The D, you put the extra loop on the <laughs> right, bottom, yeah. and yeah, yeah it was, a, it was a kind of like uh, made for that. But no, he didn't change it, <laughs> and it was I, uh, scarring for me as a child. Yes, Autumn. I'm, I'm a little confused. What? The significance is of changing it from slim to whatever it was. Scum. Well, was that his? Scum. Was that his? It was his nickname for his, her. His nickname for her was Slim. I think that's what slim? I took from it. What is well, he from the Wild West? <laughs> actually, come on I'm over a, here, Slam. Actually, I'm a pirate, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> He's also in a band, a, su- a super group with Alice Cooper and Joe Perry called Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, okay, I wouldn't go see that uh-huh. if you dragged me through glass, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's me. I like real bands, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, come on with the tattoos, my kids. They just, they do not get it. They make fun of me. They make fun of me like I don't get it. Because I will not say that tattoos are, even qualify as art. I don't see them as art. Hmm. I've never seen a tattoo. I challenge anyone who's seen a tattoo and then responded to it like, could you not move your arm for the next hour? Because I just want to keep on staring at this work of art. It all looks the same. We get some tribal, bro. Yeah, you've got like uh. a, like three colors you can work with, and it all looks the same. And basically, it's the same kind of art that you find on uh, leather wallets. You know, people used to make their own leather stuff. It's the same kind of those viney, flowery things. It's a Fortis chick in a bikini. <laughs> and if I... I like those little ones that are that don't make any sense, like it's a cheeseburger with a handgun. That's you know, cool. that you just see yeah, someone point, getting like stickers emojis. all over their body, basically. You're putting emojis on your car. Uh, yeah. on, your, on, your, on your car. That's what it is. It's a bumper sticker. I mean, if I put thing, if I put a bumper sticker on my car and then I change my mind, I can remove the bumper sticker. A tattoo is for life. So really, really think about this. And this gives me a chance to rant on, why are women ruining their... What's going on with your generation, Jerry? Ask Autumn. Well, Autumn, though, she has it on one on her leg. (laughs) She she doesn't... I had a boyfriend who liked the tattoos. Who? I did have a boyfriend at the time who liked... But I liked them, too. Oh, I do kind of wish that I didn't have them now, only because it's so lame. But everyone has them. Yeah. You're you're showing your individuality. Yeah, you're showing, showing your individuality by with a tattoo amongst every other person. And, the right, exact thing. Right. and you see these women who get these tattoos like on their chest, like all the way across. It's like, but what? some They're girls even... can work it though, Eric. Oh, can they? Yeah, I've really? seen some girls that have been like had the sleeves and stuff. Yeah, I mean, what? I... No, that looks terrible. Always, not on all girls. Time. No, always. In I my opinion, I agree. Always. I agree with Jared on this one. I know some girls have some great tattoos. I exactly. Really yeah. Keep following them into their sixties. <laughs> Keep yeah, that's, that, that's fine. That's, that's a valid point. I don't know why you're so opposed to it, though, Eric. If someone gets a tattoo, let them have one. Uh, most people that you talk to, remember uh, Bibby, who Mike Bibby used to play for the Hawks. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was reading an article how he like hates most his tattoos now. So you know, people get them. Uh, there's nothing that I have ever wanted to commit to for life. That's why I don't have one. And I think most people do have regret. But if they want to do it in the first place, let them do it. That's what I'm telling you. They're going to regret it. All right? Look, when I was 16, I really, really wanted an earring. So I got an earring. And then when I was 17, I didn't want an earring. Guess what? 
I took it out. And I no don't longer you wish had you a, still had that earring? No, Come I on. don't. I still had the calcium. I can always touch the calcium ball that built up in my <laughs> lobe. And uh, so I always remember that it was there. And I remember the crazy night that, that, that uh, we froze my, my ear and did it because it wasn't done in any place professional. But I, I, or you get like a hairstyle. I had a hairstyle in the 80s. I had a mullet. As soon as I realized I didn't want a mullet, I changed it. Whatever, if you're getting a bunch of tattoos, chances are one, two, three, four, five, seven, fifteen of them are going to be seen as mullets by you uh, ten years from now. It's a silly thing to do. And for women, I have seen women who have the most gorgeous skin, you know, just beautiful, that sort of Mediterranean, beautiful skin, and then they cover it up. With a tattoo that looks just like every other tattoo that's on every other arm. And then the women who put them across their chest, it's like, what is that going to be staring back at you in the mirror when you're 72 years old? What is that going to look like? I got news for the young. I got news for the young. You're not going to stay young. You are not going to be the first generation that doesn't age unless you die early, which is not something you want. What about science? Come on now, you know who's to say they don't come up with something that's anti-aging no, in the next uh, two or three years? Jared well, is going to look like drapes coming down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, even if that does happen, what, I mean, there's nothing to lose really. Most people aren't attracted to old women as it is. So, right. And what is what Good is the point, Greg? You're still going to feel foolish. Can you imagine being a little kid and you're playing with your grandmother and she's got this like <laughs> Trans Am decal across her chest? <laughs> I, I just don't. World, I, it'd I be a great on, story, though. It'd be, be a hit, like, Grandma. How did you get that? And then, and then it'll be an instant story, you know, a bonding. You moment. know why it won't be a hip story? Because every other grandmother is going to look exactly the same way at this point in time. <laughs> Your grandmother yeah, so really will stop getting tattoos. They'll stop getting them because then grandmother has a tattoo. It's like that's weird. I want to say she's old. I was going to say, your grandmother really likes Slipknot. <laughs> I'm going to get the permanent uh, makeup tattooed, and I'm going to get the Amy Winehouse. Oh, yeah, then there's those. I, I want it so permanent. I just, I, I just, it's not that I, this is one of those things where I just really care, especially young women. Why are you doing, who is convincing you to do this, to just tear your body to pieces? The female body. Female skin tone is beautiful. Why would you cover it up with that nonsense? I just don't get it. I went off on my tattoo rant. <laughs> my kids will yell, will just laugh at me when I get home. Old man Eric. Yeah, this is their their example of me just not getting anything. And by the way, if you come in with tattoos all over your body and I own a business, I'm not going to admit it. But know this. The reason I didn't hire you... <laughs> I'm not so stupid that I'm going to tell you this. But the reason you didn't get hired is because of those tattoos that are everywhere. And then the people with them up the neck. They don't look too bad. That's what I say. As long as you have the right to get a neck tattoo, I need to have the right to have a, a hand no. gun. <laughs> right. We have the best goodbyes in the business when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are here. This is our last segment for the Sunday show, the Sunday chat show. We are going to be doing some different things this week, so let me fill you in. Tomorrow, we'll be replacing Atlanta's Morning News, which I think is the first time since the Gulf War. That's, That's right. During a weekday. But it's a special July 4th, and we'll be here from 7 to 10, the Von Hessler Doctrine, 7 to 10 tomorrow morning. So as you're on your way to the Peachtree Road Race, we have Nick English Nick is going to be out on the streets. 
at the road race, right? Yes. We're going to have you talking to some play by play. Absolutely. Yeah, meet some people. A little flavor. I want like the oldest person. All right. I want the youngest person. I want you to find these kind of people for me. And they're, you're going to say, why are you doing this, sir or madam? I may. I'll, be, I'll be very kind. I'll be kind. Look, uh, I, I appreciate people who can do things that I can't do. And running from Lenox Mall to Piedmont Park on a hot day, you can. that falls into the category of things that Eric Von Hessler cannot do. So, so that we'll be on tomorrow. We'll also be filling in a special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Uh, for Herman Cain, 9 to noon on Wednesday. So put that in your calendar book thing, whatever it is that you have. Also, while we're talking about all of this, you need to download the WSB Radio app. You already got the smartphone, dummy. So download WSB Radio app. <laughs> you have everything you need from WSB Radio. You can listen to it anywhere, anytime. You got the open mic. But also, you scroll down, you see the Von Hessler Doctrine. We do three podcasts a week that are only available on that app. And then this show and all of our fill-ins also become podcasts that end up there. So everything Von Hessler is on the WSB Radio app. So download it now. I want to tell people, happy Independence Day. 240 years. Wow. Uh, thanks to Greg. <laughs> And Autumn. <laughs> I'm laughing at both now. Tim and English Nick and Jerry and you listening. <laughs> uh, and every week at this time, thanks to Mark Dowden on the board and Mary Ellen, Paul Stanley from KISS. Tell us what we learned today. Okay, listen, Eric doesn't like girls with tattoos. Apparently, he never looked at Easy Rider when he was a teenager. <laughs> It's in every truck stop. I imagine you went to a lot of those when you were a child. Yes, I did. Listen, I learned the Von Hessler Doctrine's on here tomorrow from 7 to 10. Happy birthday, America. But a question. After the Civil War, didn't the South have to start over? Yes. So they're not 240 years old. No, well, no, they stayed in the Union. I don't Paul, don't so. you understand? They stayed in the Union. I say once you quit, you're out. Didn't you? <laughs> That's all you learned this week? That's it? Is Loretta Lynch a coal miner's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> you're not following the news, exactly. That's the Louis C.K. is kind of creepy. I learned that. Yes, apparently, yeah. Rio is a mess. Kiss won't even play there. <laughs> Kiss doesn't play Rio? Uh, no. Gene likes it there because it's Lady Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we learned something new. I always learn. Eric's too chicken to speak his mind. He's afraid of the PC police. Yeah, there was one opinion that I held back this week. He'll tweet it later and then everybody will hate him. And even Greg didn't, didn't uh, let it out of the bag. All right, that was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again on the next episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., as a matter of fact. But until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.